Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. This afternoon, we are thankful, Lord, that you have given us this great opportunity to be in your presence, to hear your word. We pray, Lord, that you minister to us. Give us of your spirit. Lord, overlook our iniquities. Overlook our inadequacies. Overlook our sins. For you say that you cleanse our sins and you will not remember them anymore. Father, this particular hour, may you not remember our sins. Give us of your spirit to teach us in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We glorify your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord. And you may be seated. The choir was looking very nice with your black and white. Looking very nice. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, this afternoon I want to share with you how can our fruits remain? How can our fruits remain? Hallelujah. Just want to begin sharing this message with you. How many of you think that our fruits ought to remain? Amen. How many of you have fruits? You have fruits. Who does not have any fruits? You don't have any fruits. No fruits. Zero people. So everyone has fruits. And our fruits ought to remain. Amen. Amen. So how can our fruits remain? How can we make our fruits remain? How can we make our fruits remain in the house of God? Hallelujah. First, let's read a scripture from John 15 and verse 16. John 15 and verse 16. This is a call to all Christians, a scripture to all Christians. Just stay awake for a few minutes for me, okay? Stay awake for a few minutes. If you... If you feel sleepy, you just want to stand at the back. It is allowed also. And yes, um, yeah. John 15 and verse 16. It says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruits and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of my Father in my name, he may give it to you. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Hallelujah. That is a very wonderful scripture. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in the name of Jesus, you are guaranteed that it will be given to you. If you will ask in the name of Jesus. But that comes before a certain condition. And the condition is for Jesus to be able to intercede that all your prayers be answered and what, all for your requests be met and that whatever you ask of the Father, it will be given to you. He says for that reason, he says he has chosen you. He has chosen you in particular. He wants this to be fulfilled in your life. And so he said, he he has chosen you. Not that you chose him. But he says, he has chosen you and he has ordained you. First, he made it clear that it's not you who chose him. For you to now begin to argue and say, I'm not the kind, I don't want to do this. It's not for me, this kind of work is not mine. I'm not a pastor. I never intended to be a pastor. I never intended to be a lady pastor. I never intended to lead any fellowship. Before you begin to make any of these arguments, 
He says, you have not chosen me. Let's say that clearly. Ye have not chosen me. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Wow. wow. But I have chosen you and ordained you. Hallelujah. And ordained you a minister. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. Sarah, Jesus said he has chosen you and he has ordained you. Amen. Amen. Ellen, do you understand what I'm sharing? You have been chosen. Whether you like it or not, Jesus said, I have chosen you. And I have ordained you. Ordained you, set you aside, set you apart. Because he wants to do something great in your life. And what did he ordain you for? He says that you should go and bring forth fruits. You should go and bring forth fruits. And that your fruit should remain. It's not just go and bring forth fruit and let the fruit fly away and let the fruit rotten or let it go bad, but that your fruit should remain. And when you have met this condition, when you have responded to the call, when you have been ordained and you have gone to bring forth fruit and you are ensuring that your fruits are remaining, then he says, whatever you ask of the Father in his name, he will give it to you. Wow. How many of you want every prayer you pray to the Lord to be answered? This is a great key. That you respond to this call, that you bring forth fruit, and ensure that your fruits remain. Hallelujah. So this is a commandment from Jesus. He commands us to make our fruits remain. That our fruits should remain. After we have gone witnessing and we have one souls, and we have brought the souls, Jesus wants us to let our fruits remain. Hallelujah. We must not lose our fruits. We must not lose the fruits that we went out to bring. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So how do we keep the fruits? How are we going to keep the fruits? Is somebody interested in knowing how we can keep the fruits? If God gives us fruits and we keep losing them, I don't think he's going to keep adding to us. I don't think he will keep giving us more and more fruits. I think he will rather take the fruits to another church or another place where they are serious about keeping fruits. Where they want to keep the fruits. That is where he will take his fruits. If God gives us fruits and we keep losing them, he's not going to keep adding to us. Amen. He's not going to continue to add to our church if every fruit he adds to us, we lose it. He will not. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 2. We want to know how we will let our fruits remain. Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. Now, do you want to know how you can contain your fruits? How your fruits will remain? Amen. Amen. Who does not want to know? You are not interested in how to keep your fruits. But who wants to know how to maintain the fruits? You want to know. You want to know how to keep these fruits. Amen. Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. You know, let's read from verse 37. Quickly, verse 37. Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. Now, this is where Peter, I mean, the day of Pentecost, the power of God was so much upon them. Peter stood up and he preached a very powerful sermon. Very, very powerful sermon. Very anointed, spirit-filled sermon. And he says, now when they heard this, when they heard the preaching, when they heard the word of God, he says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Amen. You see, it's like after you have witnessed to someone, and he says, when we die, we choose to either go to heaven or we go to hell. And the person asks you, so what can I do? What shall I do that I will escape hell or I don't go to hell? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Heaven and hell, they are real. They are real places. They are real places. And you will only find out after your death. You will find out after you are dead. That there is real heaven and there is real hell. Amen. 
A baby that is in the womb of a mother or a woman does not know that there is another world here where there are traffic lights and street regulations and you know, place where you chew chicken and you chew meat. That there's a place like that. A child that is in the womb doesn't know that. A child that is in the womb thinks that food comes by placenta. You don't need to work. You don't need to do anything. But you will be born. You will come to find out whether you like it or not. After nine months, you will come to find out that there is a real world. There's another world. Different from the one that you were living in. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? The unfortunate thing is that once you come and enter this world, you can't go back. You cannot go back. You see, you will find a child that is born and crying because the environment has changed. The environment has changed and sometimes the doctors say, oh, the lung is not mature. She can't breathe well. Oh, the heart didn't close well. Oh, there's a hole in the heart. The child is not breathing well. The child is not doing this well. The child is not, you see, the child cannot, we cannot say, let's push her back to an environment where she can continue and finish this. We cannot say, oh, let's, put, let's take her back inside. It has never happened. And it will never happen. So if the child is born, the child is born. And whether you like it or not, you will come to find out that good life and bad life, they are real. Children with holes in the heart who are not prepared and children without holes. You see, when you are in the womb, you don't think these things are real. You don't think you need to have your heart in the hole, in the, the holes in your heart closed, your lungs should mature. You, you see, when you are in the womb, you don't think those things are real. You will think that you don't need even teeth. But come and don't grow your teeth. You realize that you can't chew chicken. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So you become, you become someone living in a world of suffering. Someone, because you didn't prepare, because you thought it was a joke. When they say, stay there, you have to mature, you have to be really ready before you are born. You don't believe it. You don't believe it. And so you are joking around. And when we are saying, we are joking around, we are saying, listen, you cannot come here until you are nine months old. In there, nine months old. You can't come out. And then you say, oh, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm coming, I'm ready, I'm ready, I don't care. I'm... And you come, and your lungs are not mature, you will come to find out that there are children who are born always in a doctor's office. Every day, they are going to emergency room versus children who are always with their mothers. You will just come to find out. And so heaven and hell are real. And you will only also die, you will die, you will be born again. You will be born into that world. You will be born into that world. And you will find out that heaven and hell, they are real. And you cannot come back to fix. You cannot come back. Once you enter into that world, you cannot come back. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing? So Peter preached powerfully. And when he was done, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? It's a good question. Then verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repent and be baptized. This is how you escape hell. Repent of your sins. Very simple. Give your life to Christ. Give your life to Christ. When they say, who wants to give his life to Christ? That's all you need to do. Repent and lift up your hands and I want to give my life to Christ. That's it. Wow. How, how, Brethren, what shall we do? This is what you have to do. Amen. Amen. The next verse, verse 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. And with many other words, and with many other words, did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from the untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Are you with me? Yes. They that gladly received, I said, if you are sleepy, this is a very important message. 
So if you are sleepy, I want you to go and stand at the back, under the clock, and count the time for us. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. The same day. Are you with me? The same day, they preached. They went out, they preached, they witnessed, and then people gave their lives to Christ. And the same day, they added to the church about 3,000 souls. Wow. Wow. Wouldn't it be amazing? Wow. That the Lord will add one day. We go out evangelize. Even, even if the whole of the people that we witnessed to, that day they were to add to our church. It is a great blessing. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It's a great blessing. Since about 3,000 souls added to the church. 3,000 souls. They went out, they witnessed, they ministered to people. People gave their lives to Christ. And about 3,000 souls were added to the church. Now, verse number 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking bread and in prayers. Are you with me? They continued how? Only three people are reading the scripture with me. They continued how? They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Verse 43. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Verse 44. And all that believed were together and had all things come on. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Hallelujah. Isn't it a powerful scripture? Wow. 3,000 souls in one day. Now, so here, Peter has preached powerfully, and people have given their lives to Christ. And the Bible says they did something that made God continue to add to the church. After they preached, there were people that gave their lives to Christ. But they did something that made God add to the church. Everyone that was saved, God added to the church. Hallelujah. We see that it is God who adds to a church. It is God who adds to a church. When we go out and we witness to people, when we go out and we are inviting people, or we are at work, at home, wherever, and we are inviting people, it is God who adds to a church. Hallelujah. We are witnesses. We are people who go out and invite. But it is God who adds to the church. Amen. We see that these people met a certain condition. Once you meet that condition, you make it a prevailing condition for God to add to the church. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? They made God add to them. They met certain conditions, and that condition, those conditions made God add to their church. Hallelujah. Now, that condition is the condition that a church must have in order for God to add to that church. And that condition is that that church must have committed members. Amen. The church must have committed members. Hallelujah. The church ought to have what? And I'm not surprised. Are you surprised? Are you surprised that God will add to a church when they have committed members? I'm not surprised. Amen. Michelle, are you surprised that God will add to a church where there are committed members? I am not surprised. Every one of us, everyone, like to deal with people who are devoted. 
You want to deal with committed people. People who you can trust. People who you can rely on. You want to deal with committed or established institutions. Everyone. If you are going to add your precious souls to a church, you want to add to a church where they are committed. Amen. Amen. When we are buying things, when we need things, we are buying from places where they are established. We say, you see, that is why people write in front of their buildings, they say, established since 1856. Do you know why they do that? So that you can trust that if you are putting your money in this bank, it is a reliable bank. Would you put your money in a bank that was open last week? Or a bank that says we have been established since 1856? Yes. Your precious money, your hard-earned dollars, you want to put it in a bank which is established. You want to put it in an institution that is established. Hallelujah. Where people have worked there for years. You say, this manager, he has been in this bank for 35 years. Or you want a bank where they have employed a new manager who is your classmate, who just finished school with you. Is that the kind of bank you want to put your money? When mothers are, they have their precious babies. When mothers have their precious babies and they are looking for a babysitter, they are looking for a babysitter to watch their babies, they look for someone who is reliable. They look for someone who is established. Not someone who just moved in the area. They say this person used to live in Florida and he moved to Arizona and she has moved to Connecticut. Now she has moved to New York within three years. Is that the kind of person you want to leave your precious baby with? Or you don't understand what I'm sharing with you? So do you think God is going to bring his precious souls to a church where the member was here and then he left? And then he went to another place, and then he went to another place, and then he's gone here, and then he has come there, and now God says, oh, you have come here, so I will add my precious souls to you. Is that the place that you think God will add his precious? Even your baby that you didn't die for, your baby that you enjoyed the pregnancy anyway, you felt the kicking and the movement, and you, were, you didn't die for the baby. Even that child, you want someone who is established, someone who is constant. You have a job, and you don't want the kind of babysitter that you go and you say, today she's not there. She has locked his door. You don't want the kind of babysitter that you go and he says, today I, 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 don't, I, don't feel like, I don't feel like working. Today I'm not in the mood. Is that the kind of babysitter? Sarita, is that the kind of babysitter you want? The one that says, oh, I went to Agabapto first, so today I can't work. I went, with, I was dancing too much, so today I don't know where you are going to keep your baby. Is that the kind of babysitter you want? You don't understand what my message. God wants established members, committed members. Hallelujah. People are going to school, they want established schools. You want a name, a well-known school. You don't want to go to any other any school that they just opened on Fordham Road. Somebody came and opened a school on Fordham Road, and that is where you are going to take your degree. You want your first degree, and you say, why are you going to school? Oh, they are starting a school on Fordham Road. They started last week, and that is, that is where you are going. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? When you have something precious, you are looking to commit it to a place or as an institution or a person who is established, who is committed. Even you have been a Christian for a while, when you are looking for a church, you want a church that is established. That is why it's difficult to even start a church. Because people want a church that is established. Amen. People want to put their monies in banks and companies that are established. You want to invest in a company that is established. Hallelujah. So if we want God to add to us, we want to prove to him that we mean business. Amen. If we want God to add to us, 
we should prove to him that we are serious. We mean business. Hallelujah. That we are committed ourselves. We are not members who are here and there. But we are committed members ourselves. That is the kind of church that God will add to. Hallelujah. That is the kind of church he can trust his precious souls with. Amen. So verse 42. Look at verse 42 again. Verse 42. He says, so the scripture says, and they continued steadfastly. They continued steadfastly in the apostles', apostles doctrine. Amen. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. You see, it looks like there are four stools or four, four stands. Four stands that must be established. Four stands or four pillars that must be established. Four pillars that must be fixed. That must be stable. That must be constant, steadfast, always there for God to add to the church. And what are the four pillars? To continue in the apostles' doctrine. To continue in the apostles' doctrine. That means that they are always in church. Sunday after Tuesday, Tuesday after Tuesday, listening to the apostles' doctrine. Listening to their messages. They were interested. Every time, steadfast. They will not miss a service. They will not be absent on a Tuesday. They will not be absent on a Friday. If you say the apostles' doctrine is being shared on a Thursday, they will be there. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Hallelujah. That means they were at camp camp meetings. They were at conventions. They were at every meeting where the apostles' doctrine will be shared. They continue steadfastly. In the apostles' doctrine. Hallelujah. Amen. The next thing, he said they continue steadfastly in fellowship. Wow. In fellowship. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, I'm teaching you something. Because you see, when you have been a Christian for a while, you think you will, if you don't understand the scriptures well, you tend to eliminate certain things and think that they are not spiritual things. You think that, as for me, you know, it's about this. It's, if it is not this, you know, that's not for... You see, if you are ignorant, you will think that certain things are not spiritual. But we are sharing something very, very important. I'm telling you how God added to the church. We are learning how God added to the church. And the Bible says that the reason why God added to the church, he saw certain things that the church, the members were doing that they were continuing steadfastly, constantly in the apostles' doctrine. They were not joking at all. Steadfastly, they were continuing in the apostles' doctrine. And in fellowship, in fellowship, that means if they're having Christmas party, they are always there. Wow. They say we are having a barbecue, they are all there. We are having a Gabapto fest, they are all there. Steadfast, they don't miss anything. They don't miss anything. Fellowship. They are, they say the girls are playing ampe. We are all there. What else were we playing? The men are playing soccer. Ah, we are coming to church. Now they have turned into soccer. They were all there. Fellowshipping. Fellowshipping. Ah, now they have turned the church into playing games. Ampe, what is all of this in? Is, is Ampe in a Bible? Is it fellowshipping? When we fellowshipping, when we were playing the Ampe, which one of the guests know how to play? Can you come? Let us play. Anyone here? Come, come, come. Let us play. Come, come, come. Look how we are fellowshipping. Are we fellowshipping? Are we fellowshipping? They were there. Steadfastly. Ste- Do you understand what it means, steadfastly? Steadfastly. Steadfastly, I look it up and it says, it means firm in purpose. Firm in purpose. Firm in purpose. 
Firm in resolution. Hallelujah. Firm in faith. It's like firm in attachment. I, I am attached. Wherever you are going, I am with you. Whatever you are doing, we are together. Unwavering. It also means established. Hallelujah. It also means constant. Constant. That means that whatever the church was doing, they were all there. Whatever the church was involved in, they were all there. Continue steadfastly. Continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Not only would they come to church on Sunday or on Tuesday, but when they are having Christmas party, they are there. The people are dancing, they are also there. Wow. Is that amazing? You see, some of us don't consider certain things as spiritual. We don't consider certain things as important. And then he said they continue steadfastly in breaking of bread. Hey! In breaking of bread. In breaking of bread. You know, we are noted in the bronze church as people who break bread. Ash! We will continue to break bread. We will always break bread. Amen. It's a, it's a kind of check that God will add to. Amen. Breaking of bread. They did not exclude themselves. Some of us, we think, oh, after church, we are breaking bread. Oh, please. Please. We have come to church. Let's go home. Let us go. We have food to eat in a house. They say that they were eating food from one house. They were eating together. Eating together. From house to house. Breaking bread together. It means that some church members should gather together and say, come together. Let us bring your food. Bring this. Bring the YouTube. Bring this. Let us bring. Not that you cannot eat by yourself at home. Not that you don't have plates at home. Or you don't have fucking knife at home. But it is a, a condition that must be met for God to add to the church also. A condition. So this one will bring his bread. This one will bring water. This one will bring juice. This one will bring this. Oh, let's get together and let us eat together. It's not that your kitchen is closed. It's a functioning, very functioning ch- a kitchen. I said chicken. <laughs> you are laughing at me. Come and preach. You will continue the series. You will see. You. I will choose one of you. Amen. So they continue in breaking of bread. Hallelujah. They continue in breaking of bread. And in prayers. Amen. They continue in prayers. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing? They continue in prayers. In breaking of bread. So you see, coming to church and listening to the apostles' doctrine, it is as equally important as Breaking of bread. It's amazing. Wow. Prayers. Prayers. That we are fasting and praying. It is equally as important as fellowshipping. As we just get together and we are talking. As we just wanted to go for romancing your spouse. As we just wanted to go on on a cruise. we We want to take a cruise around the Hudson. That the church is organizing that we are all going for a one-night cruise on the Hudson to fellowship. Just be together and be ourselves. It is as important as the church come together to pray. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? People who are super spiritual, I'm explaining something to you. That, that we want, you see, it is like this. Four pillars, four pillars for stability. Four pillars for stability. The apostles' doctrine, the preaching of the word, it must be established. And everyone should be involved. Then in fellowship, that must also be established. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Then in breaking of bread, it must also be established. And then, to have what? Prayers. Prayers must also be established. So you see, can you give me this chair? Can you give me this chair, please? 
So you see, if you look at this chair, how many, how many, how many limbs does this chair have? Four limbs. Four limbs. Now, because of this, that is the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Now, can you tell me that prayer is more important? Breaking of bread is more important, so let's take that out. What is going to happen to the chair? Will God bring a soul to sit on a chair that is not stable for the soul to fall? That must be in place. That must be in place. That must be in place. So, prayers must be in place. The apostle doctrine must be in place. In fellowshipping, it must be in place. And also, breaking of bread that we eat. People say that as for the bronze church, they are always having something to eat. We will always eat because we want God to add to our church. If you are hungry, come here. We will feed you until you gain weight. Amen. You see, that is why I think that, you see, that, that spirit that is upon the women, that they, they put their hearts to this, that when it comes to, you know, let us break bread, let's prepare this, and all of their hearts are in it, and they are doing I don't take it for granted. I, I take it to mean that it is spirit-oriented, and it's the spirit of God that has filled the hearts of these women, that they are so committed in doing things in a church like that. And for that, God will bless you. I said, God will bless you because you are making it possible for him to have a place where he can add to the church. Please. Come so look, so if we take one out, what is going to happen to the chair? It's going to fall. Would you like to sit on a chair like that? Even you. Would you like to sit on a chair like that? And you expect that an unstable church, a church that does not have these four pillars, steadfast, you want God to add to it. That is why every area we ought to be steadfast. We ought to be constant. We ought to be active in every area of the church. It's not certain people who are not serious, so this is for serious people. Well, talk about prayer, then you call me. I mean, come on. Look at me, come on. Talk about prayer. When we are talking about preaching, you know, you want some, call me. But this type of we are eating and we are. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? God expects that we be strong in that area also. Hallelujah. In fellowship, in breaking of bread, in apostles' doctrine, and in prayer. Hallelujah. And in prayer. And so verse 47 the Bible says, verse 47, it says, praising God, praising God, and let's read from verse 46 first. It says, and they continue daily, daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. Wow. Praising God and having favor with all the people. It is God who turns people's hearts to your favor. You think that people like you because you are what? Because you are from what? Because you speak what? Because your accent is nice. It is God who touches the heart of the people that they will have favor towards you. So he says that when they did that, when they were breaking bread, when they were eating from house to house, when they were continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, God gave them favor. Favor with the people that everyone that they witnessed to. He said, where is the church? Give me the address. Where? How come? Give me. Wow. Really? Young people like that, they're also in the church. Old people, they're in the... Give me the address. Children, can I bring my children? I'm bringing all of them. My cousins, everyone. Favor. Favor. Favor with all the people. And now listen. It says, and the Lord. And the Lord. Say the Lord. Lord. And the Lord added to the church daily. Daily. Such as should be saved. Such as should be saved. 
such as should be saved. That means all the people that were saved, God added to the church. Everyone that they witnessed to, that gave their life to Christ, God added to the church. Such as should be saved. God added to the church. The Lord added to the church. The Lord added to the church when they met that condition. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? Or you don't understand my message? When God saw their devotion, he added everyone that was saved. When he saw how devoted they were, devoted to the apostles' doctrine, devoted to the preaching, devoted to the messages, devoted to attendance, meetings, coming, always, they are there, every time, they are there. In fellowship, they are there. In prayer meetings, they are there. Sharing of bread, they are there. They say, we are cooking. I am bring this. I am part of this. Oh, why? I was the one that was going to bring the kelewole. Why are you taking that from me? No, 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 I'm bringing it. You see, they were all enthusiastic about doing it. They were not begging. Oh, sister, for since I've been in the church, I've not seen you bring even a drop of soup. Can you bring? You see, we don't have to beg you. They were, they were doing this with gladness. Doing it with gladness. Amen. And that God added to the church. Hallelujah. Perhaps God is not adding to us because we ourselves are not devoted. We ourselves are not committed. Perhaps that is the reason why God is not adding to our church. How many of you can understand that? How many of you can understand that being devoted as a member, being a devoted member is important? It is very important. Only five people understand that. Amen. When you are devoted, it means God considers you a responsible church member. A responsible church. Responsible members. Hallelujah. So we are going to learn how we ourselves, how we can develop a church of devoted members. How we can develop a church of devoted members. Hallelujah. Is it an important thing to learn? That's how we can develop a church of devoted members. This is, not the own, this is not the pastor's work. It's not the pastor's responsibility. Because Jesus is saying your fruit should remain. I love it. That your fruit should remain. And so if you want your fruit to remain, if you want God to add to your fruit, you see when something is added, it means it is with what, is, what was there. Isn't that what it means? It's not just linked to it. It's added. That means that if God is going to add your fruit to you, you ought to be devoted. You ought to be steadfast. Hallelujah. You must be a devoted member. So the first step, the first step of developing a church of devoted members, the first step is that you must be a devoted member yourself. Hallelujah. You must be a devoted member yourself. Amen. We cannot build a church, a church of devoted members if we ourselves are not devoted if we are not devoted we cannot build a church of devoted members we cannot expect people to be committed and we ourselves we are not committed hallelujah we must overcome this habit of i come today i don't come tomorrow i come this week i won't come next week i have come for you for one week i will come again and we must stop that kind of behavior. The Bible says these apostles, they continue, these um, disciples, they continue steadfastly. They were constant in the apostles' doctrine. So we must overcome that behavior that we are here today and we are not there tomorrow. Amen. How can you let your fruit add to you if you came, you brought your fruit, and then your fruit comes next week and you are not there? If somebody understands what I'm sharing with you, then your fruit will not be committed. Then your fruit doesn't feel that there is a place that he can commit to. Hallelujah. That behavior must stop. The behavior that the pastor calls you once and then you come two times. And then you don't come again. And then you come once. That behavior must stop. You always wait for another call before you come two times. That behavior must stop. Every church member, every church member must be committed. Hallelujah. Now, 
Every church member goes through certain stages when they first join a church. They go through certain stages when they first join a church. Every church member, you will go through a certain stage and then you progress to another stage and then you progress to another stage. But there are certain church members, they stay in one stage for a long time. Amen. Now, we are going to go through these stages. The stages that every church member goes through. And these stages, they are better characterized by some behavior of three kinds of animals. Amen. Now, we are not saying you are an animal. Please, forgive me. The only one who says you are a sheep is the Bible. The Bible says you are a sheep. And I am a sheep also. I am the chief sheep. <laughs> Hallelujah. So please, no offense. But we are going to study these characteristics through the nature and behavior of certain animals. Hallelujah. Is it a good thing? Would you allow me to teach you these things? Well, our time is up. But I'm going to give you one stage. One stage, and then we will, um, we will close. And we will continue next time we meet. Do you want one stage? Okay, let us look at the deer stage. The deer. How many of you know, you know what is a deer? A deer. You don't know what is a deer? If your neighbor doesn't know, can you explain quietly, two words, what is a deer? <laughs> Amen. Okay, alright, now do you all know what is a deer? Okay, very good. So, a deer is a kind of animal. Hallelujah. Amen. The deer stage. Now, when a member is at the stage, at this stage, the deer stage, they are not committed to anything. You know, they are not committed to anything. Nothing hooks them. Nothing hinges them. They are not tied to anything. Do you understand? When a person is in a deer stage, you cannot get that member at all times. You see, a deer is not an animal that you can find any time you want. Do you understand? It's not a, a kind of animal that you will meet any time you want. Amen. By the way, those of you who were not at Agabaptophes. Do you see what you are missing? Yesterday we were jubilating and we were dancing and you were missing it. You see what you are missing? And we were eating some special types of foods. Amen. Was it a powerful meeting? Was it a powerful place? Yes. You see our, our man, the soccer player. You are looking for real soccer players. We didn't want embarrassment, so we separated ourselves from the New York people. We said, we are on our own. Let us play on our own. And finally, look at what we brought. One year. In fact, we shouldn't have shown to the people who didn't come. We should have, have hid it from them. Okay. So, dear stage. Dear stage. So, when a member is at this stage, they are not committed to anything. Not committed to anything. Hallelujah. You see them today, you don't see them tomorrow. You cannot find a dear anytime you want. You say, oh, where's my dear? And then you find it here. No, 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 no. Dear is not like that. <laughs> my dear. You can call him my dear. <laughs> you can say, where's my dear? But it's gone. Your dear is gone. Amen. You don't see the dear all the time. They show up, and then you see him, and then he's vanished. 
He said, oh, I was looking to talk. Oh, he's gone. That is a person who is in a dear stage. Amen. You see them today, you will not see them tomorrow. Or you will not see them again. Amen. Sometimes you want to fellowship with a dear. You want to have a fellowship. You see, so sometimes you drive by and then you see a park and then you see a deer nicely in the field and then you want to fellowship. Sometimes you take your camera and you want to snap. You want to have a fellowship. You say, wow, look at the beautiful deer. Wow, look at the skin. Wow, look at this. And then you take your camera. (laughs) They're gone. Sometimes you even just stop your car. As soon as you stop your car, they are eating like this, and then they look at you. It's like, <laughs> it's like the deer. You call the phone. They call the the person's phone. When the person is in the deer stage, you call the phone. As soon as they see the phone, ah, what, what, who is this? Ah, the pastor. What does he want? <laughs> oh, and then you see, that's it. That is a person in a deer stage. A person that is in a dear state, you can't fellowship. You say, oh, I called to see how you are doing. Oh, I'm fine. Why? Um, you see, they don't want, they don't, it's, they, it's, ah. That is a person in a dear stage. You say, oh, this is the church you visit. Uh, okay. Okay, fine. Bye. Thanks. You see, that is a person in a dear stage. You can't fellowship with a dear. You like to fellowship. You want to come close. I want you to come close, but the deer will not come close. Amen. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? They run away. They are here today and they run away. Amen. As soon as they see you, they run. They say, uh-huh, that's pastor again. What does he want? He's coming. He's coming again. He's coming. He's coming. And then you look and then sometimes they hide. <laughs> they hide from you. I saw, I saw, I saw this guy. I saw him. Where we see? Oh, oh, can we check to see the parking lot? Oh, he's gone. He's gone. That is a deer. You can't get a deer to fellowship. Amen. Now, anyone who is in this stage does not have a shepherd. The deer does not have a shepherd. The deer lives a very risky life. Amen. There is no shepherd. So the deer moves around without a shepherd. When there is a highway and the deer is trying to cross, it is a very dangerous move for the deer. There is no one that is watching the deer. The deer is taking dangerous maneuvers, dangerous moves, dangerous decisions, but does not have anyone to guide him or her. Does not have friends to guide them. Other friends that the deer has, they are also deer. I am telling you, I am preaching a very important message to you. Your friends are also dear, who cannot care for themselves. So they go and the car will knock him, and your friend also follows. The car will knock him. They've come for another one, and the car will knock all of them. So a dear with dear friends, you see that her friend is pregnant. And no counseling doesn't take anything. And by the time you realize, she's also pregnant. By the time you realize, she has also left school. By the time you realize, she's also done. But you see, no guidance. No guidance. Risky life. And anyone that lives a life like that, you die a miserable death. Amen. No church member should remain at this stage. Hallelujah. No church member should remain at dear stage. Amen. It's a very dangerous stage. And if you remain there, you will die a miserable death. Very dangerous death. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. Well, we want to end here. I have a lot to share with you, but our time is up. And we will end here and we will continue next time that we meet. Stand to your feet. Please stand to your feet. And stand to your feet and let us pray. Stand to your feet and let us pray. Oh, Lord, we are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. We are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you glory and we give you honor. 
We cherish you. We adore you. We praise your holy name in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glorify your name. Glorify yourself, Lord. Father, we are a church that is set to be committed. A church that is set to be stable. A church to have the four pillars that you can add onto. Four pillars. Stable church. A church of stability. Lord, transform us. Make us committed. Committed members. Members who are steadfast in every area. Members who are steadfast in every area. In the name of Jesus. We are grateful to you, Lord. We are thankful to you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Never let me go. I lay it all down again. To hear say that. Because nothing else could take your place, my Lord. Pray that God will become your desire. That you deserve God above all your things. Jesus, Look at the heart of your children, O God. Lord, let your power that transform the hearts. Your words is the God, the one that you call, you shall never cast him away. The one that comes near to you, you will never cast him away. Our desire, oh God. That will be established in you. Jesus, help us. Change the heart of God. Change our hearts of God. Let this service mark a turn around in our lives. 
commitment to you. Jesus, in fellowship. Help me, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are thankful for your goodness and your mercy. Indeed, your word says, Oh God, you sent forth your word and it accomplished the purpose for which you have sent it. Father, you know the different aspects of our lives. But Lord, this afternoon we ask for nothing but a committed heart and a committed spirit to your cause and to your fellowship in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you transform us. Change our hearts, oh God, that we may become committed to you. Let the desire for you increase in our hearts in the name of Jesus. From today, may we become men and women who love God, men and women who are committed to the cause of God in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what you have done. We thank you for our lives and our hearts which have been changed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. With every eye closed, every head bow. You are here today. You do not know Jesus. Even to start with, you are not born again. That you will say you are going to be committed to someone. In fact, it's difficult to be committed to someone you do not know but you want to be born again. You want to know Jesus from another perspective of life. Not as a stranger, but someone who is in fellowship with him. You want to say, God, I want you to come into my life. I have been playing hide and seek with you, but today I want to commit my life to you. I want to give my life to you. You are here. I want you to lift your hand. And I will pray a simple prayer with you. And the power of God will transform your life. You are here. You are not born again. You do not know Jesus. In fact, you, you like fellowship, but you are not born again. I want you to lift your hand. Hallelujah. You know, before Reverend started preaching, uh, in the beginning, he made mention of heaven and hell. These two places are very so real. You see, we, most of us are waiting for a chance to die and come back. And they make a decision, but it will never happen. One thing of observing this country is that uh, you can go and buy something at a store. Let's say Macy's. If you don't like the thing, you can return it. Now, many of us are buying time in this life to live and to do what, all that we want to do and not to be born again. And that at the end of our life, by virtue of uh, fortune or anything that will happen to you, somebody will come and witness to you on your sick bed and be born again. It may not, have, it may not happen to you. You may not have that chance to return what you have wasted your life to do. Okay? God is here. God wants to change your life. You do not want to wake up tomorrow and you are in hell. You would like to wake up and you are in heaven. And that's why you need to give your life to Jesus. When you get there, there's not going to be any return. So every eye closed again. Every head bow once again. You are here. You want to give your life to Jesus. You are not born again. Deep, if you look into your heart, you are not born again. Bible says Jesus said He's standing at the door of your heart and He's knocking. If any man will open unto Him, 
He will come to him. Why is Jesus knocking? Jesus is knocking because you cannot hear him. Jesus is knocking because you do not know him. Jesus is knocking because Jesus doesn't have the key to your life. But you want to open your life to Jesus. That he will come to your heart and be the Lord of your life. I want you to consider this carefully and lift your hands unto God. You are here, you want to be born again. You want to dedicate your life to Jesus Christ. I want you to lift your hand up above. Do not consider your, your friend standing by your side. Very few will you see people dying together. And the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And after your death, you are going to stand before God. In the court of judgment, two people are not judged the same way. You will all stand one by one. You are here, you are not born again. I want you to lift your hand. I believe everyone here is born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Shall you be seated in the presence and let's put our hands together for the Lord. Amen. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.